Carlos, you can say many things about him, including his singing capabilities, but you can't deny anything that he has to say about. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> if you don't I know, what about, to this. just go ahead and head to YouTube and Google, type in, Google. Type in YouTube. Yeah, Carl Lewis was it the national Carl Lewis, Lewis national, national anthem? anthem. <laughs> no, stars was it? Was it? Yo, it was the national anthem. Was it the national anthem? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. So, <laughs> oh, say can you see? It wasn't as bad and as uh, no rockets. What's Franklin? Uh, what's an old, old girl name? <laughs> you are now listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. Oh man, episode 57 of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. I am Deontay Epps, alongside my brother, my friend, my guy, Dane Beasley. Dane, how are you doing this evening, my dude? Better, man. Better, 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 yeah. better. One of those Mondays, but you know, we we always manage to get through. Have always. To. Have to, Have man. to. Gotta, gotta push forward. Gotta push forward, man. Episode 57 of the Duo. If you're listening Ooh. or watching this, we thank you for your... Uh, time and your you know lending your ears to what you're about to hear <laughs> and what you've heard for the past 56 episodes if you're still with us rocking with us since episode one since the uh since episode 0.5 yes. introduction we 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 thank you <laughs> we appreciate you so much and uh taking the time out your day your week to uh just listen to two guys talk about sports and stuff so we really appreciate it dane when we first talked about the U.S. Uh, Team USA basketball, man. Mm-hmm. You know they were getting a lot of criticism. I know we criticized well, them as well. Yeah, they lost to Nigeria in the team exhibition, as mm-hmm. well as France. <laughs> but they lost to France in the first game. Um, it was another team they lost to, I believe, in the uh, preliminary round. But hey, Australia. what matters is they came Australia, out with the gold. Might have been Australia. I can't remember. I can't remember. Might have been Australia. But they came out with the gold. They defeated France on Friday night <laughs> at uh with the score 87-82. Of course, one of the one of the things that we had talked about, Dane, uh the best player on the team for team team USA had to step up and he hadn't to that point when we were kind of talking about if there was some trouble. Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh became Kevin Durant, what they call it. The announcer called him the entire game was calling him Captain America. America. Uh, Finished with 29 points on um, nine of 18 shooting. You know, I mean, what, what we kind of expected for, for team USA to pull off the goal was him stepping up and being the best player, you know, on the team. And right. I mean, when he's on, obviously we know nobody can stop him. And, uh, Obviously, passing the record for most Olympic points in Team USA uh, men's history, man. What do you kind of think about what Kevin Durant was able to do to pull out the goal for Team USA? It was cool. One thing I was appreciative, um, I had a bit of reflection. Sometimes, and I have to put myself on the spot here, I think it's been a little bit too hard on these guys, man. Um, Thinking about their season coming to a close not too long ago. Uh, of course, several of these players battling and then coming back from season ending, possibly career ending injuries. And I think it was a little bit too harsh. I can't speak for everybody else, but I think they're a, a pretty obviously it's funny to, you know, make, you know, crack your jokes here and there. But on the human side of things, I think uh, in retrospect, it's kind of easy for me to say, you know, what, man, I think I might have been going too hard on these guys. But uh, obviously, KD shut me up because I didn't think they had it in them to not only make it this far, obviously, but to win in the the fashion that they did. They held it together, so I'm proud of them. Not to say I was there hoping for their demise, but I wasn't going to be surprised if they lost. But shout out to them, proving everybody wrong, all the haters. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a it was a full, cool. It was a no, full. It was a cool thing to watch. It was a cool thing to watch. So glad to be a part of history. Glad they were to uh, redeem themselves. And you know, yeah, it's business as usual, I guess. During the preliminary rounds, I was listening to Bamani Jones and he made a great point about 
like it it team USA is always in an interesting spot because when they win it's everyone like, oh, expects to them to be like that obviously right. but they get more attention when they lose right because True. hey we're team USA we're supposed to be the best in the world we have all the NBA all-stars on our squad or at least most of them we should dominate every time right but a great point is and we've seen it like over a hundred of the uh, I, I heard a stat over 100, like 108. Just make it up, bro. NBA players make are it up. international. Nobody's, nobody's going to fact check this. Nobody, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't but fact check I'm it. But, calling you know, out all the diehard duo fans. You're not going to fact check this. Go ahead. Yes, don't take fact it, check take it. Take it away. Lies. But, <laughs> <laughs> most of the, uh, a lot of the top athletes NBA players are mm-hmm. international and we've seen like the Lucas the Rudy Gobert's the uh <laughs> Patty Bills those kind of guys that have made impact in Olympic hoops that we've seen uh are kind of I wouldn't even say closing the gap but for Team USA to kind of be consistent I think because they kind of put this team together and like maybe two months or so, it'll probably right. take more of an effort, a commitment from the top players to make it, you know, a year to year thing, yeah. because, you know, it's more than just the Olympics for team USA or international hoops in general. It's more of a, you know, they have the world championships, mm-hmm. FIBA championships uh, in between those Olympic years. So um, if they thing. get kind of a commitment towards that, that could help out for sure. It speaks to the level of competition in the NBA, how year to year there's always, even though you have your top guys, you have your LeBrons, your Steps, your KDs, there's, it fluctuates. You know, you never know who the guy is going to be each year. And for that to be the case, there has to be a, a, a level of, not only a level of competition, but just a level of the next man up type of thing. Um so it, yeah. I think it's I think it's a cool thing to see not only them stepping it up and along the lines of building that chemistry that they needed to pull it together, but um, I think uh, on the NBA side of things, officiating wise, they took notice as well, and we'll see some changes mm-hmm. here uh, in the near future and how this particular international competition, you know, we see every four years, how that shapes right. the way that the NBA needs to be, you know, needs to be planned. So. That's just my thoughts. Well, the NBA had already announced that they're going to try to uh, they've already directed the refs to start not calling the flops and Mm -hmm. the extra, you know, diving in for a shot on the foul shots and stuff like that, which they're trying to implement already in the summer league games that have started recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to go back to your point about the international play, I mean, you could argue like the top three, maybe four players in the NBA are international. As far as Luka, you got Giannis, the reigning MVP, uh, the Joker, Jokic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, like it's, a, it's a good argument that, right. you know, the, the, the range of what Team USA is used to dominating mm-hmm. Olympic after Olympic. I mean, they've won, what, four straight goals now? Yeah. For Team USA, since uh, that debacle back then, but um, mm. like it's not going to get any easier this for them. Shot. Like the this the way race. that they had to, yeah, where they had to fight for this goal. These um, are the L's that well, they we'll show in our face. <laughs> you know what song I'm talking about? <laughs> no, the song which from one? Lion King too. When uh, when uh, old buddy got out or he got kicked out of the kingdom, um. Or out of the pride, and they was all basically saying the the little antelopes in the draft. They was all singing deception, disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> As he was like walking out, they was killing it though. My bad. Go ahead, man. I don't know why yeah. that randomly popped in my head. Talking about not disgracing the country. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I saw mean. a lot of people making fun of Team USA. Talking about if they lose to France, don't let them come back home. I'm like, <laughs> bro, <laughs> we would do anything for jokes, though. Boy, it's about to get beat by some croissants on the uh, on the women's side. Man, it was business pretty as much usual. domination. <laughs> <laughs> business as usual. Ninety to seventy-five win over Japan. Looking at the box score, I, I mean, I did watch it in real time, but. To see these numbers are just crazy from Brittany Griner. 30 points, 14 for 18. They were literally just tossing it to her in the paint because she's a foot taller than a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the Japanese players. But um it's fifth straight, fifth straight goal for the women. Incredible. Sue Bird, Diana Tarasi. I mean, 
that decorated Olympians, man. What more can you say? When they when the picture or not picture, but the highlight, and it's obviously the jokes are gonna you know make themselves. But she's standing there with the ball in her hand, palming that mug and smiling because old girl oh, yeah. is defending her, can't get to it. It's like yeah, it's like literally like when you playing basketball. Oh, if anybody's out there who's you know I don't know. Let's say you're a teacher, you get to play a student faculty basketball game against elementary school kids. You basically gonna be like Shaq. So you just standing there, like you know, like mess with the kids. That's exactly what she was doing. Just like, hey, what's up? Uh, hey, that's cool. That's yeah. cute. That's cute. Somebody put a side by side with Michael Jordan doing the same move. Childish. Just look at this, man. Seven straight. I said five earlier. Seven straight oh. USA women's gold medals dating back to 1996. Poor Australia. They won in 96. <laughs> USA versus Brazil in 2076. To 54 over Australia, That's a 2004 bad over Australia, it's 2008 like, like over the Australia, in the 90s, just 2012 over France, year after year. Yeah, now that 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 gap is not closing. That talent from the USA no, is, you know, going to continue to to you know widen. But an interesting thing, uh, Sue Bird did kind of say that she wasn't coming back to to international play. Diana Taurasi says, "See you in France." I don't know if she could come back, but the interesting thing would be who she said that at the at the end of the game. I got you. I, oh, I don't know I was, if she was playing or you not. As a spectator, you like saying like, "Oh, she ain't gonna be back." Excuse me. That's what that's my assumption was when you said that. I was like, "Wait a minute, you believe? Oh, yeah, you believe that? This is getting people to tune in. Come on, bye bye. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say when they finally decide to announce the team moving not forward. be a part of international play. Yeah, who mm. who will take over that leadership kind of role? They'll find somebody um, for, for Team USA, Look, like especially from the point guard standpoint. Whoever she is, she might, girl be, I a, can think of she might is, be a junior uh, in high school right now. For all we know, whoever it is, old girl from UConn, Paige Buckets. Oh, Paige Buckets. Yes, the first, hey, the she, freshman. Well, I, she's a fresh. Well, she'll be a sophomore next year. I was year. telling my uh, my coworker about that how she copyright her trademark that, and then she's like, "What's your last name?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh." I had to show her in spelling. This is her last name. This is, and she's like, I yeah. don't get it. I was like, it's a play on words, buckets. Like, and she's like, oh, okay. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Staying in uh, Olympics, track and field, man. Allison Felix became, or she won her 11th medal, passing Carl Lewis for the most medals by U.S. track and field athlete. And it's a great story for her. Everything she dealt with, with Nike during the pregnancy and stuff like that. And, the main thing that I got from that is, of course, she says she's not coming back to uh, this is it for her for Olympic play. And going out, she says she feels at peace, uh-huh. basically making a statement that, you know, women can come back because a lot of the times they, they're not able to. Women are right. Or they're seen as, you know, going through a pregnancy. They're looked down upon as like they can never be back to where mm-hmm. they were previously. And I feel like this was like a. A, a statement for her to Absolutely. win medals and you know pass Carl Lewis. What do you think, man? Man, listen, we don't have enough time to talk about just how despicable and how shady that was of Nike. But at the end of the day, they look. I mean, obviously they're gonna they're still gonna make their money, obviously. But you got to be punching the air if the statement, if the footnote of all this was how much your particular entity or com- company dropped the ball. Um, so when she was running, I believe it was the four, no, 400, was it the 400 or the, I can't remember the 400 or 200. And I was like, I was like, man, she's going to do it. Cause I wasn't even thinking, I forgot, I completely forgot about the four by four. Like I forgot about that. I was just, she's going right. to try the record. Cause it was the, the build up to the, the entire Olympic games was Allison Felix and her legacy and her coming back. And, and it's like, She's going to do it and completely forgetting that the four by four and then seeing who was on the four by four with I was like, man, this is this about to get crazy. Did you, did you, you ended up watching it, right? The four by four. Yeah. It impressive, breathtaking. And the, most importantly, we are in good hands. We are in great yes. hands when she when she if she does, if this is actually her last Olympic Games, her competing in the... Uh, if this is her last time competing in the Olympic Games, we are in good hands. But yeah, I was happy for her. And, as, oppo- yeah. as opposed to what we saw with the 4x1 uh, men's Ooh. relay. 
Speaking of Carl Lewis. Which was not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Carl had a few things to say. (laughs) Well, apparently, well, rumor has it that they they never practiced together, which I don't get. Arrogance. Like, how does that happen? Coaching. That's that's an arrogant thing. Well, in the standpoint of we don't need practice type of deal. Like all I got to do is show up. Not to say that was the, the athlete standpoint, because I'm sure that wasn't their standpoint, but for the sake of that's a coaching thing, man, it's, it starts at the top leadership. Um, a lot of, mm-hmm. obviously we're not in those rooms. We're not in those coaching rooms. We don't, we don't know what's going on uh, with the strategies that are put in place with the, in, in which they run these relays. But the general consensus online was, especially from track nation, they it wasn't the best order. It wasn't the most strategic order in which they ran the four by one. Um, but right. obviously, practice does help. Um, practice makes things perfect, and it, it it looked like it looked like something that you saw from. I wouldn't even say. It, I let me not disrespect um, elementary athletes, but it looked really, really, really amateur. Um, just the nature in which it happened, mm-hmm. especially when you consider. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it looked bad, but. And even got, if guys got like Carlos come out and yeah, kind of agree bro. with that, he was like, pissed. Dude, you can't doubt uh, he that was guy. There's <laughs> so many things you can. Did you see what Trayvon Bromel tweeted? Oh, what, oh no, what did he say? He was saying he was he was there at the Olympics injured. He was hurt. Uh-huh. He's running hurt. So I don't know what the extent of that was, but he was basically saying how bad he felt about being a disappointment mm. and. How he was injured. I don't know what the injury was per se, but he had tweeted that. So, I mean, I I definitely think that. I mean, it's three years till Paris. Yeah, they got uh, Paris Olympics, man. Say. So that that's gonna be a story to watch to redeem. Like you can't go, you can't do any worse than that. That's embarrassing. You know what I'm but saying? still, they have to. That's gonna be the footnote. Like when they, yeah. you know how this year when you saw all the replays and the little, uh, the little. Um, Montage, the little, mon- the little, uh, the montages they show to try to get you all hyped up and stuff. That's gonna mm-hmm. be in there over and over and over and over yeah. and over again because women were taking care of business. It's just, man, we just, we just, they look, they look, yeah, it looked bad. But Carlos, you can say many things about him, and, including his singing capabilities, but you can't deny anything that he has to say about. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what about, to this. just go ahead and head to YouTube and Google, type in, Google type in YouTube. Yeah, Carl Lewis was it the national, Carl Lewis was national, national anthem? anthem. <laughs> no, stars was it? Was it? Yeah, it was the national anthem. Was it the national? Anthem? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. So, oh, say can you see? It wasn't as bad and as uh, no rockets. What's Franklin? Uh, what's an old, what's old girl name? <laughs> <laughs> old girl to, during the NBA Finals. Uh, Fergie, Fergie, that, Fergie. That, those two, those two moments. That like that. Nothing will top that that <laughs> second or that level of secondhand embarrassment for me. Like that was it right there. That was it between. And then they made the Fergie remix. So I made it to a song. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, oh my man. gosh! That Overall, was... man, what'd you what'd you think about the Olympics? You know, with with COVID, and you know, there weren't fans there. There were just like the people that were already working the Olympics, or like the you you could the teams that were already there. But you could tell like the atmosphere yeah, was kind of different, different, right? It was different, and yeah. obviously, we have to do the the best thing, the most sensible thing to to protect the athletes, and that's to ensure that no one is around to infect them or make things worse. Um, obviously from a, from a fan perspective, it was like, man, you can tell just a difference, especially when I was watching the triple jumpers and, you know, some of the, sometimes the triple jumpers or just jumpers in, in general, they, you know, try to get the crowd involved and, you know, get them they clapping feed off the energy. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you can hear like all seven people clapping and it's like, it doesn't hit the same. <laughs> it doesn't hit the same. Obviously they still were performing at high levels. So it's a great thing that they were able to. Uh, to push through that. But at the same time, it's like knowing that the possibility of someone having their parents in the stands or, you know, distant relatives that they haven't seen in a long time, or just even people who are returning to Tokyo since they were born and and things like that, getting to see that, that hometown or home welcome, that homecoming, that home. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking at. The home welcome, the home welcome. Right. Um, Just to, to get that atmosphere would have been cool, but understandable. So we're in the middle of a pandemic and they, they did their thing as far as protecting the athletes. So, 
that's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that matters. But I, I was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Shout out to NBC, bro, because I don't know how y'all were watching it, but me, uh, there are particular times I wake up early, you know, to to catch it. It's something I really wanted to watch. Um, sprint relays and stuff like that. Um, like the app would give you a little notification. Obviously, that's really, you know, that's real. I guess it's the simple things that make me the the that pretty much. Mm-hmm. I get excited about, and that was one of them. Excite me the most. Yeah, and then just the re- being able to get the replay so easy. Like I remember in past years, you'd have to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. Like, oh wait, I think the event's about to come on. Okay, there it is right there. But this one, you can just click at the bottom and says replay event, or you can just look at the start list and then start listening yeah. to show you like you can replay. But in terms of app and technology and user friendliness, NBC, the Olympic Sport app, whatever it was called. Amazing. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give y'all boys yeah. five stars. I'm gonna give y'all boys five, five stars. stars. So it was dope. What about <laughs> speaking of five stars? You can give this podcast five stars on Apple and great rating <laughs> so we can get our ears to the duo. If you don't get five fingers <laughs> to the face, I'm playing. Um but what, what did you think overall? I mean, obviously it passes by like a blink of an eye with like two weeks or so, Man, but it's it really like did. did you get to something that you didn't expect that you were going to enjoy the most did that did you have one of those moments yeah i think for for me being able to like because i had never watched game to game like i watched more uh different events like as far as the track and field mm-hmm. like i watched the shot put the javelin yeah. i couldn't tell you who won off the top of my head <laughs> but just being able like it was the most interactive i've been following the different mm-hmm. headlines and you know every morning waking up to like if even if like you said if i missed something i could go back and watch it uh i think technology has really helped this year like they had to be on top of their a game this year because Absolutely. one the fans weren't there but two we were, there, Deontay. Um, we're in tw- <laughs> yeah we're, we're in 2021 now so like you would think that they would have many different avenues to be able to enjoy the coverage. And I think for the most part, they, I mean, they did a great job. It's just that the time change or the time difference, obviously is what is hard adjusting to. Um, But I think for, you know, the 2024 Olympics Mm -hmm. in France, France, a little bit easier. uh, I think, yeah, it'll be easier to, you know, follow along. I mean, the time, I mean, they're still a little bit ahead of us, but but for the most part, it's not as much as Japan. I I think Japan was like a 14 hour difference. I don't think it's that much, but um, overall, man, I enjoyed the Olympics. Uh, 2028 is coming to us and LA. That's going to be bananas. Uh, So that'll be interesting. It's going to be crazy. So, uh, um, the overall coverage, cool. Uh, hopefully, USA track and field can bounce back on the men's side. We'll see. Women's side going to continue to dominate. It, man, it's going to be if Shikari gets Ooh. in there. I'm excited to see her, obviously. Uh, then hopefully our boy Omar can get back to it. Like it's, it's gonna be a lot it's of a fun, lot of story lines. interesting storylines. It's three years. It's three years. We don't have yeah, to wait four three, years. Exactly. Time. It's three years. Yeah. And uh, shout out and shout out to my boy Mike, aka Jam, because uh, you, you mentioned you, you mentioned you mentioned uh, the speedster from 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 Dallas, Texas. But I, I'd be a fool if I didn't say that we're preparing. But so are the Jamaicans, the motherland. We we are also preparing. So. Shout out to shout out to my boy Jam, um, <laughs> trying to call out my dual citizenship, but uh, it, he, yeah. he knows what it is. He already know. He already know. Also, this weekend, Dane, there was the Hall of Fame game with the oh. Cowboys. We, we don't have to talk about that if you want to. But also, there was the <laughs> there was the uh, Hall of Fame class of 2020 and 2020. One enshrined because mm-hmm. of COVID, and they had them both in the same weekend. Um, seems like Edron James stole the show, man, with his speech. Did you get a chance to check it out? I actually missed it. Yes, I did. Um, so one of the most fascinating things there, this was a long time ago. There was this super long article about Edron James and ESPN. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know I'll be able to find it. I should have linked it in the the dealio, but I forgot. But it essentially told the story about basically how he became as strong as hell as he was and just naturally how he didn't have to lift weights because of he used to uh, pick watermelons as like basically to provide for his family and when he was in high school. And one of the coolest things about it was just his dedication, basically from sun up to sun down, picking watermelons, making so much money. And I think 
they got paid on they got paid by how many trucks they filled up and he would fill up uh so many trucks and I apologize I got to find that article but essentially he got to work didn't have a car ended up buying a car after getting so much money and of course like driving home from a day's worth of work essentially but it just spoke to his work ethic and just where he came from and the story of him uh, and perseverance I said all that to say this it's definitely a, a rags to riches story with Edger and James, but he not only being one of the most patient and like really one of the most lethal pass catching running backs that we've ever seen, um, but he just always kept it real. You weren't going to get no fake robotic stuff from him. You what you got is what you got. But the the quote that stuck with me the most, or I re- they resonated with me the most, uh, being from the south where we're from, uh, he said, you know. To believe it all started from, you know, basically a gold. I went from a gold grill to a gold jacket. It was like that was like the chef's kiss. Like it was perfect. But the the Hall of Fame bust, it was his was phenomenal. It had the locks in there and it was it was it was it was dope. It was dope. What about you, man? Did you have any any particular sound bites that you got or any particular moments that stuck out to you? I know you've seen that Peyton Manning bust that, that began his forehead that gave my boy. And what 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 was really cool? I uh, I was watching a couple of clips on Twitter, uh-huh. and it was really cool to see with Peyton Manning. Um, his dad was there for him, yeah, which Crazy. which was great. But also, he had his son there. Man. Peyton Manning had his son there signing autographs, and that got me to thinking. I'm like, man, we about to see this kid in like hey, he- 15 years. <laughs> he, he, you know he you know like he has two generations ahead of him he has an uncle on the side of him that you know is going to be a hall of famer it's just hey. like bro eli's gonna be in the <laughs> hall of fame man this, okay this is a discussion for another day a discussion <laughs> you don't for think another, so? no no he's definitely gonna be in the hall of fame but oh okay did he have a hall of fame worthy career is the real question Oh, because do we have any Giants fans that listen? No, plenty of Giants fans. Uh, Pitts is a Giants fan, isn't he? No, that listened to the pod. I don't know if he listened. Oh, Oh, he'll find. He'll find. (laughs) We talk. They'll come out of the woodworks. Look at whoever they are. Whatever they are, they'll come out the woodworks defending their boy. They know it's it's, and it's not even my own thoughts as far as. It being controversial that whether or not he's going to go in the Hall of Fame or not. No, I've like, seen I've seen why. this argument already. It's, it's why yeah, yeah. and it's and it's valid points on both sides, but it just makes you wonder like what is the real the criteria itself is subjective in nature because it has to be, but it, it points to some really good things because every particular player that we, in our generation we can point to every guy that's been in the Hall of Fame was he the best player in his particular position in a particular time? You can say okay, I could see that, yes, but for this guy, it's like ah. right. But it's the two Super Bowl rings. You, no one can take that from him. He made some of the most diabolical, death-defying he throws the we've Giants ever seen. In every passing category, I'm sure he's shattered all the records. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm sure he's done that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. It's definitely an argument that I've seen a lot on social media when people want to just get attention yeah. or engagement. Oh yeah. Um, but to go back to the to the both Hall of Fame classes and I feel like I notice this every year Dane mm-hmm. and even more with these two classes is how old you and I are getting because Whoa. these are a lot of players we grew up watching um class of 2020 we had uh well Steve Atwater was kind of mm-hmm. before our he time been in, in the, the 80s 90s Hall of Fame, bro yeah he should have been in the Hall of Fame like yeah, when you he, he should have oh, been in bad. there. My bad. That's your because that's no, your I got boy. You. you can talk about. But yeah. in terms of hey, look in terms of ball skills, in terms of ball skills, like that's a ball hawk. When you when you go ball like, hawk, like yeah. the Brian Dawkins that came after him, the Troy Polamalu's, like it's all him. you know. Now you can't you now you can't play the way he played, but nah. he would take receivers' head across the middle without hesitation. Yeah. Um, you got Steve Atwater, but guys like Isaac Bruce, Steve Hutchinson, Edwin James, and Palomalu in the class of 2020 were like, you know, players that we grew up watching, yeah, man. man. And uh, with the 2021 class, Peyton Manning, John Lynch, Megatron, like Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer, bro. And he was on the cover of Madden in like 13. And of course, you know, he had a lot of miles left in the tank when he decided yeah. to let it go. Freaking but Freaking Detroit. Like, we're old. <laughs> yeah, bro. And to close out that list, uh, Alan Fanica and Charles Woodson, like the guys we grew up watching 
the guys we grew up admiring or you know, getting gold jackets. Yeah. And, and, you know, oh, man. Calvin Johnson was the second coming of Randy Moss. Like, you could yeah. say that. And yeah, absolutely. He's in the Hall of Fame now. Like, it's it's kind of insane. Like when you like sit down and think about it, like especially how Randy Moss got in the Hall of Fame not too long ago, right? It's like, <laughs> like that's. I guess it can speak to the longevity of his of his career because he also played with Tom Brady. But that also yeah. says something else because how Tom Brady still winning Super Bowl exactly at the like, age of forty two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my cool. goodness, man! Shout out to the Hall of Fame inductees, man. And uh, Dane, I did get to catch a little bit of the Cowboys Steelers game, mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame game. You know, they cut down the preseason games from yeah. four, four to, to three, three, but you guys, the Cowboys and the Steelers, will end up playing four because. Hall of Fame game as well. Yeah. Um, anything kind of catch your eye? You really didn't see a lot of starters play, but anything that caught your eye watching them? For me, uh, no. We we had most of our starting linemen that we that were playing in that game. Um, those were guys that were starting last year. They were, they were makeshift guys because our starting tackles were both uh, out with season-ending injuries. So the guys that started in place of those guys, they played last – or not last night. They played the other night, and it's like – these guys were getting beat the hell up by the pass rush that the Steelers had. And obviously the Steelers are known for a great defense. So I wasn't, that wasn't too, you know, like crazy or, or it wasn't no misunderstanding. For me, at least there wasn't any type of misunderstanding, but I was impressed by the level of uh, consistency that they were bringing the pass rush from the Steelers. So I think the Steelers, they got in, in terms of depth, they, they're going to be fine. Um, but for me, I was looking at number 11, Michael Parsons Um, is well noted and uh, is well noted that I was not a fan of the pick. Um, I didn't doubt his ability on Mm -hmm. the field. It was more so the the things off the field. They were kind of just like, hell no. Like I'm not, I'm not about that. I'm not for that. That's there's no place in the world for anything like that. Um, You look up the details if you want to um, just make sure you're not eating any food at the same time. But on the field, dude was wrecking havoc, and he was everywhere where the ball was at. So that was impressive for the most part. For me, that was the only thing I was looking at in terms of what the rookies looked like, and they were decent. Um, obviously, no one's gonna have, look. No one's gonna get a gold jacket after their debut, their preseason debut. Uh, so let's let's stop making these stupid comparisons and these crazy arguments about. How well somebody played. It's a pre it's look, it's a preseason game. There are still 17 games that need to be played that are gonna count. So I think it's just in, in terms of no one getting hurt, which was a plus, and then every just getting to see some of these guys. And most importantly, we got football back, bro. So, you know, that's that's all I cared about. But we got football, cool. right? We got football back. So I yeah, yeah I I agree with you, man. Like I think I was not more excited, but I was like definitely happy to see football on the screen. I, I remember calling my dad and telling him, you know, oh, hey, we, look we, at this. we got football. <laughs> you're this closeted <laughs> Cowboys fan. Get out of here. No, we don't what? need you. Chill. <laughs> Chill. Chill. Shout, Chill. Out to, shout out to Mr. Epps, probably on episode 43 right now. Yeah, he'll, he'll get here eventually at the end of the season. But uh, I was having a conversation with a friend about He's a Cowboys fan, but something that I was like, oh, let me ask Dane this on the pod. Oh, um, Put me on the about, spot. About Dak Prescott. Obviously, uh-huh. we weren't going to see him play in the Hall of Fame game, but, you know, there are reports that maybe his injury or not injury, but maybe it's more to his arm or shoulder situation than the Cowboys are letting on. Mm-hmm. Um, if he is not practicing soon. Has he been practicing? Do you think it's more to the injury situation and the Cowboys are letting on? Absolutely. Or do you think it's just a thing where they just... Oh, okay. Absolutely. Uh, we Not even a year ago, Leighton Vanderesh. Oh, he's going to be out for, you know, day-to-day with a neck stinger. A few weeks later, boom. This man had to have uh, neck surgery. Like, anybody who's had neck surgery or back surgery will tell you that's not, that's not a minor surgery. That, like, that's a big deal. So, yes, the Cowboys do have a history of downplaying injuries, much like a lot of other professional teams, um, which is despicable. But at the same time, they're just trying to save face, uh, try not to let people panic. But at the same time, it's like, just be real. I think if you're honest with people, uh, it, it plays out a little bit better in your favor. But obviously, Dak, you know, 
<laughs> Bill Ford tough head ass. He's gonna be all right. But I don't <laughs> I don't think anything serious about it. And if there is, and it is what it is, the man's got, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to lay upon uh while the team tanks and gets us a top five pick somehow. But I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think there were some rumors about him actually throwing to receivers today. Um, not in a formal practice sense, but just like, you know, just tossing it around. But I don't know. There's a lot of speculation Mm -hmm. with that. There's always going to be speculation about that, specifically because of the Cowboys being involved with, I don't know, probably one of the more popular HBO uh, projects that we've seen in the you know past, (laughs) past couple of decades or so. So, you know, I don't know. It's a storyline. Ah. That, that's that's what it is. It's for entertainment. So, you know. Speaking of which, Dane, you mentioned my next thing. Oh, uh, got to talk about the hard knock show that the Cowboys are part of. Mm. Segway. <laughs> Cowboys are going to be on hard knocks. Uh, I I enjoy hard knocks just because little storylines that they have, especially seeing those guys that are trying to make the team, mm-hmm. you know, doing all they can all the to prepare. Guys. And, the cusp yeah. guys. Yeah. And then it's always heartbreaking when <laughs> they got, like we always hey, talk about. Bring your playbook. Can you bring your playbook? Bring your playbook. Coach would have talked to you. Damn. <laughs> yeah, Sucks. man. So uh, this is the third time that the Cowboys will be a part of the show. They were the subject of the second season in 2002 and then in 2008. Anything? Well, let me ask you first. Do you, do you plan on watching it, bro? I haven't even. I have H, look. I have an HBO subscription, and I haven't. <laughs> I haven't tuned in. I haven't thought about tuning in. Living in Dallas itself is already a circus with the media and the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> so I think that's enough for me. But obviously, I check it out just to get to know a little bit more about players that I didn't know about. Because um, obviously, the the storyline. I'm saying obviously a lot, obviously, but the storylines are pretty cool. Uh, one of the questions or one of the little sound bites I'm sure is going to get captured in the episode. One of the questions they asked was, is there a player on the team that you would absolutely not want your sister to date? And a lot of them were chiming in about it. And I think it's, oh, it's always funny because anybody who's played a team sport or just, you know, has hung around guys, you have those friends like, oh, hell no. I'd never let them date my sister just because of how they treat women yeah. or just the, the how they carry right. themselves and, and things like that. So that, that itself is funny as hell, but also just getting to getting to see – those undrafted rookie stories or just getting those getting to see those on the cusp guys like make it because to them, this is, this is all mm-hmm. they have. Some of those guys, this is all they have left when you're talking about. And obviously it's not a 53 man roster anymore, but when you talk about 50 or 60, so spaces and you're fighting, you're fighting against the best of the best, the cream of the crop um, to, to make it in the, in the not for long league. Yeah. In an average, what, two to three years, two to three years, if you're lucky. So it's like seeing that, that dream come to life for some of these guys is it's is beyond where. So I'll tune in for that, but I'm not expecting anything from my boys, unfortunately. It's yeah. been well documented as well. But I'm just being a realist here. I always enjoy like the different storylines and stuff. Like we mm-hmm. mentioned, last year's was pretty interesting with the Los Angeles Rams and how they kind of dealt with COVID. You know, that was an interesting storyline and we're still dealing with it now. So it'll be interesting yeah. to kind of see that aspect and how they deal with it. Um but of course, you know, they're gonna pick the stars and what especially is going to be interesting to see how they talk about Dak and you know like I just asked you about that injury and him bouncing back from that and with the recent shoulder stuff how they kind of you know to see how open they'll be about it but it's going to be week of course to see that scrap they just have with the Rams that's going to be fun to watch too I'm going to come back to that (laughs) week 7 in the middle of the third quarter he's going to throw a pass like on the sideline he's going to be wincing a little bit they're going to cut back in a little flashback in black and white or montage of him like sitting on the sideline with an ice pack on his shoulder I was like Come on, bro. They're gonna yeah. the storyline is gonna be ran through the dirt. We already know that. But get back to what you were saying about the brawl. Well, not the brawl, but the little scu- little skirmish. Skirmish. So I love team scrimmages. Like when the the NFL allows teams to have scr- I I love that because it, it not only uh, validates what we think sometimes when we see in practice against you know certain receivers dominating you know certain corners or just a quarterback dominating. Uh, you defense. mean when uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, took yeah, D'Angelo bro, Hall's soul? Bro, I feel God, boy. <laughs> I feel God, boy. I feel God, boy. <laughs> bro, and put him out with a, a I think it's Achilles injury. He put him out with something. I mean, something. He was out of I don't it. know. Just, and pride as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. 
he should. I mean, DeAndre don't be messing with nobody, bro. So for him to come at him like that, yeah, you deserved every bit of it. But anyways, um, we got to see a little bit, and from what I've, you know, I want, I was hoping that we'd see a little bit more, more matchups with uh, our eventual wide receiver number one, C.D. Lamb and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, obviously the best cornerback in the NFL, um, arguably top two, maybe top three cornerback in the NFL for me, number one cornerback in the NFL, but most, most importantly, the best player in the league to me, Aaron Donald, I wanted to see what, if they were even going to let him practice or, you know, participate because of, yeah, that's a, that's, you don't risk for the sake of a freaking TV show. You don't risk putting your, your, your best player, the the league's best player out there on the field, but they let right. him out there. So, you know, that was cool to see too. And then of course I was just surprised, like, for Connor Williams of all people to beat him in a rep. And obviously you were just talking about him recently. Yeah, like I was like, <laughs> I was just talking about the dude recently. Like I'm like, man, so used to seeing this dude, like it's not funny at all, but since he's been drafted, dude's been getting bullied like pretty much by, you know, everybody getting put in the lap of the quarterbacks pretty much every game. Not every game, but consistently enough. But there isn't a soul there isn't a soul that has completely extinguished um Aaron Donald. He's an unblockable, fear-mongering night terror. This is exactly what he is. So when we see clips on Twitter about him, you know, not being able to, of course, obviously drop, there I go with that, obviously, again, him driving Connor Williams five yards into, you know, whatever invisible pocket uh-huh. people are able to see, that's considered, on a lot of people's eyes, that's considered a win by the offensive lineman. But if you're thinking in terms right. of an actual game, a game-time situation, anytime a defender drives a, a lineman five yards back, there, most of the time, that's a sack or it causes a pressure, bad throw, you know, strip sack stuff like that. That that's the case. Something, yeah. So, say what you want about that, but there's no denying what happened a few minutes later. Aaron Donald going, and this is a a eleven on eleven situation. Aaron Donald is going up against Connor Williams, and I, I assume just like any other time, Connor Williams is about to end up on his back. This was not the case. Somehow, I don't know the. The hand of God himself was touching Connor Williams on the back, and he's able to, you know, him up, you know, Aaron Donald for the time of the past. Or no, was it a run play? I think it was a run play. I can't remember. Whatever the play design was, he's able to hold him off for a little while. And mm-hmm. Aaron Donald didn't like that. That could be saying in the chat. Yeah. yeah, he did not like this. He was like, right in the face and was holding him, you know, face mask. And then another unexpected turn, literally. Connor, you know, flipped the dude over. I'm like, like you do, like, like <laughs> not only did you pick a fight with Debo, but you 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 made the first. Well, actually, you you countered you countered the first hit, and you started what turned out to be a little bit of a scuffle. But right. obviously, you don't like to see that because it's you know me personally, somebody could get hurt and it it ruins the fun for everybody because then now we everybody's in their emotions and their feelings about this or that. But I think it was just a. Yeah. It, it, it shouldn't have been taken that far, but at the same time, it's football and emotions flare. Unfortunately, you got all these grown. Right. <laughs> well, you got all these grown men's in one place that ain't that ain't you know just got all this pent up rage for no reason. Sometimes aggression. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Well, know. Hopefully, uh, we could see some action on that <laughs> on Hard Knocks. Here's a here's a plug for HBO. Hard Knocks is going to air tonight, uh, Tuesday, guy. August tenth at nine. 10 Eastern time. So if you want to check it out, it'll be five episodes running through September 7th. (laughs) You know that. Now it's time for... Nerdy news segment brought to you by our guy Keith. Keith, thank you for the music, my guy. Shout out to Keith. The Suicide Squad came out this past weekend. James Gunn directing it. Well known for, you know, his MCU take on the Guardians of the Galaxy. Spoiler alert. Um, so spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I always spoiler forget the spoiler alert, alert man. You're good, man. That's what I'm here thank for, you, my boy. Got you. Thank you. Thank you. Suicide Squad, you know, the Suicide Squad, or excuse me, this is the Suicide Squad. Previously, there was Suicide Squad back in 2016. 
Um, this is kind of like a soft reboot of the mm-hmm. movie with a little spin on it coming from James Gunn. And when you watch it, and I'll say my first impressions, I'll go to you. It it Thank reminded you. me of Guardians of the Galaxy, but a lot more blood and gore. And you could tell that it was a James Gunn kind of spin on it. I felt like there were like we've seen the DC as far as um, being more of a dark experience as far as the grit and not as humorous, but there was a lot of jokes in this one, a lot of humor. Um, one thing I did like was there was a ton of action, which you could expect from the Suicide Squad, but spoiler alert again, the way it started was complete, <laughs> completely threw me off guard. Unorthodox. And what I liked about it, yeah, and what I liked about it, it was like a lot of characters that we didn't expect to go died really yeah, early. Man. And like from the jump, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, stakes are go. high. Yeah. Stakes are high. And any character can be gone like that. Um, but it, it just reminded me of like of a very violent guardians of the galaxy. Mm. Um, because when we first saw the guardians of the galaxy movies, it was more like misfits, right? Misfits right. coming from different parts, teaming up for a mission. Right. And this is kind of like the same kind of deal. Obviously, these are villains or anti-heroes, so to speak, teaming up for, you know, the mission or whatever before they die. Um, I I mean, we've both been critical of DC movies so far. Um, Absolutely. And I will say this. I enjoy this movie a lot. I will say it's the best DCEU movie so far. Oh, it's a bold statement there. I, I, okay. I, I think I, I, I can't I think, disagree with you yeah, after the first watch. After the first watch, I okay. cannot disagree with you. But I'm going to full disclosure. I have a tendency to overrate the hell out of movies when they first come out. Every time a movie come out, like, man, <laughs> yeah. that's, the best, that's the best move I've seen in a long time. I agree. Two weeks later. Hey, man, that's bro. That might be a top five action flick I've ever seen in my life. So I'm taking this <laughs> with a grain of salt. But at the same time, uh. I like the ragtag C team. I can't even say the B team, but these, these guys are the C team. Um, the ragtag C, C team coming together to save the world type of deal. I loved it. I'm glad you gave me the warning about how gory it was. Cause I was telling me and the wife was supposed to watch it together. Um, but yeah. it, it didn't end up going that way because I know I need, this is my homework assignment for the podcast. And I was like, Hey babe, I need to watch this. And she was like, well, yeah, just go ahead and watch. And I was like, are you sure? All right, cool. And then eventually when I started, because I didn't finish watching, so I got home from work today. And I was like, I was like, oh, oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to watch yeah, this. Yeah, man. And this is somebody who works in the medical field. Like, she works in the medical field. So this, like, gory stuff like this, this is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing to her. But, but it's you know, different, that, like, when you see it in a movie. Like, yeah, like, I was like, I was like, dang, dang. Like, when they got Pete Davidson, like, off the rip, I was like, Damn. Turn this turn that boy's face into meatloaf, bro. Like somebody took a bite out of some meatloaf. That's what yeah. it looked like. But yeah, I, I love the movie. The concept it was dope. When, more importantly to me though, Harley Quinn was was phenomenal. Like, uh, what's her name? Was it Margaret? Uh, what's what's her? Robbie. Margaret Robbie. She she. I don't know if she was born to play this role. I don't want to sell her short, you know, because she has she's a talented actor. But that's that's Harley Quinn. That is Harley Quinn. So she did it. She did the damn thing on that one. Uh, it was just kind of cool to see the power dynamic between the leads, though. Uh, between yeah. uh, was it Peacemaker? That's all I'm gonna uh, say too. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Like you could kind of tell. Like eventually they were building up to something there, but I was like, nah, there's no way. But it made sense if they were gonna have these two separate teams with two separate missions and not being aware of each other for them to be something else at play. So that was kind of cool too. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was, it was good. The villain itself. Eh. No, I can't even say it was a main villain. The side, the side mission, my opinion, the star, the big ass star, that was the side mission to me. To me, that was a side mission because it's just, it, I, you can't scare me with that. Do you think like, it was too cheesy? I think it was on par. It was, it was definitely on brand. Yeah. It was on brand. It was on brand. It, it couldn't scare right. me, but just a threat of mind control in a sense, or being taken, being having your body neurologically taken over. I guess it's scaring and deafening to somebody, but I was like, come on, bro. 
That's that's Patrick Star. But you know what? Ain't ain't (laughs) but ain't it funny like how it's always comes back to the government being evil? Like (laughs) I feel like in a lot of movies, don't they always do that? It's always Always. like the government behind it, like it's the man. Yeah, Yeah. the man holding us back. But uh going back to that dynamic, I think John Cena did well. Um his comedic timing was Oh, you're right. I didn't see him. <laughs> I didn't see him. I, I Sorry, guys. Can't see I had him. to throw that corny joke in. I apologize. <laughs> can't see him. But his uh, comedic see, timing hey, was great. Question. Like He was before funny you without going, being before funny. You going, did you see Black Black John Cena? Huh? Did you see? There's a, okay, there's a picture of this dude, and he looked like Black John Cena. He was trending. No, I haven't seen it. Well, after this podcast, go on your Twitter. I'm gonna, actually, go ahead and keep talking. I'm going to see you the tweet. Don't look at it until after the podcast. All right. But and for those listening, <laughs> go ahead and head over to Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, download it. Uh, it's probably the most fun app you'll you'll have on your phone for a long time. But go ahead and hit to that search. The little it is my favorite box. social media app. Yeah, it is fun. <laughs> and type in Black John Cena, and you're going to laugh your butt off. But go ahead, man. Take it away, Deontay. My bad. I had to point this out. I forgot what I was going <laughs> to say. Oh, I was talking about his comedic timing. He was funny at parts where you wouldn't think it would be funny. Absolutely. And then his dynamic with Bloodsport was pretty cool, too. He just did his job. Like... Obviously, with any role like that he takes on, uh-huh. like he's very versatile in what he can Absolutely. what he can do, um, and him taking the leadership role of the Suicide Squad and eventually going through what he had to go through. I'm not gonna go through every little detail, but overall, man, he was a great, you know, I guess you could say protagonist in this kind of anti-hero kind of dynamic. Um, Trying to think of oh King Shark was King pretty Shark cool was, too and Polka Dot Man yeah Polka Dot Man they had to do Polka Dot Man like that that's <laughs> and when they first came that's on what he school, wanted in the end I, though yeah I knew nothing about the character I knew the actor the actor is Same. a phenomenal actor um, but I knew nothing about the characters so I was like, okay what's you know what's 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 his part and I found I was like I was like damn interdimensional you know yeah power I was like okay what is the plot armor what's going to be the issue because People like that shouldn't have. They should. They should. And essentially, he's an unlimited source of power, firepower. Uh, based mm-hmm. on, what, uh, for those who don't know, he essentially he can sh- polka dot shoot polka dots that explode. He, yeah, he can shoot exploding polka dots, interdimensional polka dots, or whatever. <laughs> so, do with that information what you will. But I was like, how are they going to dumb this guy down, or how are they going to you know nerf the dude? And sure enough. He ended up getting stepped on and killed. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, so yeah, but it, it speaks a One of the cool things about it, it not only speaks to some of these lesser known um, heroes or anti heroes, but it speaks to the level of, uh, it shows us what the role that trauma does to all of us, even superheroes. Not only the traumatic situations have a, a place in your, your Supermans and your Batmans of the world, but they also have a place with your villains. Sometimes your villain is just a bad family situation. You know, one too many family situations gone bad. And obviously there's no reason to, you know, do bad things in the world as a, vi- a comic book villain, but it adds another layer to their, to their motives as well as their motivate. Or that's the same thing. Dumb man. Okay. It adds a, an additional layer to their motives in, in their backstory. So it was just kind of cool to see how that played a role in, in pretty much everybody. So. Also, uh, Viola Davis playing Amanda Waller again, like mm. she did in the 2016 version. Amazing job. I mean, obviously another great, you know, performer and actress. Every role she takes, she embodies it. Like, yeah. you know, Amanda Waller is known as a character that she makes you exactly. Hate her. Exactly, what I was gonna say. Yeah, uh, yeah, she embodied the character uh, just like she did in 2016. And overall, man, I feel like I give this movie an 8.5 out of 10. It was my... Okay, I'll backtrack on the best one, but it was my favorite DCEU Mm. movie that I've seen. Of course, when when Batman and Superman came out, I actually enjoyed it because it was Batman and Superman. Like, the two most common uh, name brand and on the same screen. Like, we've never seen that before. It's Kellogg's and and, and Tricks for Kids. It's essentially what you see. Yeah, Frosted Flakes, all that. You know what I'm saying? We got the old grand version of supervillains in this one. So this... this, (laughs) (laughs) Frosted O's. You know, James Gunn putting his his MCU kind of imprint on it. You could kind of see 
how like it reminded me i don't know about you it reminded me so much of guardians of the galaxy uh which i didn't know much about before watching it and mm-hmm. like i didn't even think i was going to enjoy both movies or after the or before the first guardians of the galaxy i didn't think i was going to enjoy it but it was uh a great one of the best mcu movies but overall suicide squad the suicide squad was great um any last thoughts on it bro um I'm curious to see what they're going to do because there has to be some sort of sequel based on what we got from the post-credit scenes, both of them. One of them, not so much important, but the second one, definitely important to me at least. Yes, so they're going to have a Peacemaker series on HBO Max with John Cena. I did not know this, but that's good to know. Yes, so... I like standing in the dark about some stuff. That kind of goes in with that post-credit. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's hmm. definitely good. And now, now nowadays, because of everything that you can see, uh, but yeah, they they're gonna do a Peacemaker series. I don't know if James. I think James Gunn is directing that, but huh. I'm not positive. Um, but yeah, hmm. good enough. So that'd be interesting to see what they go along with or that. But check it. out the Suicide Squad if you haven't already. Pretty good. But to the MCU, Marvel Studios, Dane, we've talked about it over the past few episodes. Marvel Studios' first animation Disney Plus show, What If, drops this Wednesday with the first episode. Um, And I think the first episode will be Captain Carter. Okay. Talking about if um, Agent Carter, Peggy Carter, got the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers. Um. So I uh, it's it's, it's going to be fun. I, I think the episodes are like 30 minutes each, which doesn't surprise me. I didn't expect like 50 minute 14 episodes, minutes. but yeah, kind of like it was with one invasion because it's going to be long, bro. nine. Yeah, it's going to be nine episodes. Um, but one question I think we've kind of talked about a lot is will each episode connect? More, more. Uh, one of the questions we're talking about if it connected to the larger MCU that we know. I think it will. I want to know if. I, I want. I wonder if it's going to connect to each other. Like, will these be separate stories? Each episode, different what ifs, or like, will the what if episodes connect? So, for example, like whatever happens in the first what if episode with Peggy Carter, will mm-hmm. it connect to what happens to episode two, which we think is going to be T'Challa becoming Star Lord kind of thing, or will mm-hmm. they all be separate? Um, anything mm. you kind of expecting, or what do you think will happen in these these nine episodes? I have no expectations. I think the sky's the limit. Um, it's going to be a very emotional trip, uh, not only for myself, but for many others out there as Chadwick Boseman fans. Uh, but yes, I think uh, I think this is going to be pretty cool. I completely forgot about. Uh, I, I obviously forgot about the project months ago um, until, of course, they, mm-hmm. they dropped that nice little well put together trailer for us. So we're going to see. I think it'll be connected. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. This is. I'm sure they put a lot. Just think, of like good everything is connected line. at this yeah, point, yeah, bro. Like it's, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but we'll find out. I'm excited about it. I have the episode down. I wake up in the middle of the night, download it before I have to go to work Wednesday, so I can mm-hmm. watch it uh, sometime during my workday somehow. Yep. <laughs> got what if coming this Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Got uh, less than a month away from. Um, Shang Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. We still ain't got no Spider Man. We term, have, dude. yeah. At this point, bro, I'm, I like I've tuned that out of my head so much that I'm okay. Like it's not bothering me as much as it did before. It bothers the hell out of me. You mad, huh? I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm just like this doesn't make this is this is why everything needs to stay in house. So why we need to get all of our rights back. I'm Wouldn't it be speaking. cool though, like to not to not get a trailer at all and just go into Spider Man Far From Home not knowing what's gonna go down? No, Dane's not amused, guys. He's looking at me with stale face. Dane does not like that idea. Scrap it, scrap it. <laughs> so you mean to tell me you want to have no idea what restaurant you're going to. You show up, they bring out your food, and it's a whole plate of unseasoned garbage. All because you didn't want to go so on you your website. So you think, so think they're going to get... No, nah, let me finish. Let me finish my point. All because you wanted to just be excited by the presentation when you get there. No, no, no. I'm going to look on the website. I'm going to the reviews. I need to see what I'm getting myself into because I'd be damned if I waste my heart on money on some garbage. 
So you think so you think Marvel Studios and Sony is gonna give us unseasoned garbage for nope. Spider Man? I want you just to avoid said that. that. I want to avoid that. I want to avoid. Invo- I, I want to avoid. <laughs> I want to avoid unseasoned garbage. Um, not to say that they put out anything like that, but let's not let's not be naive here. They have a reputation for excellence. Why stop now? Why disrupt the formula now? So it, it just looks funny in the light. And I say this right now, and then sometime next week we're gonna get a trailer. I'm be like, oh, okay, I don't know why I doubted y'all, man. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> No, come back for forgiveness on the next episode. Yeah, exactly. Begging for, <laughs> and I and I refuse to let you go. <laughs> we got that coming in December. Got Eternals in November. We got Hawkeye in November as well. The show Hawkeye, Hawkeye series. Yeah, Hawkeye no, the series. I mess with you, man. Oh, it's a joke. <laughs> Don't question me. Okay, but like we always say, uh. We, Marvel content continuing to bless us after the 2020 Marvel list year. Uh, But yeah, man, episode 57 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. We're going to say rest in peace to Bobby Bowden. uh, Legendary coach passed away at the age of 91. Man. Lived a long life, man. Long and successful life. He had too many to count. <laughs> looking for it. Yeah, I was looking for how many players or uh, <laughs> how many championships he won. A legacy, a legacy of excellence, essentially. A lot of your favorite players, which you have today, or some of, well, maybe speaking to the older generation, but a lot of your favorite players, much, 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 much appreciative. Which you need to be much appreciative of this man and what he's able to do, the the vision that he had. And I'm sure that's going to live on. I'm definitely sure how strong the Seminoles nation is. I think that legacy will, will certainly live on. Yep. He led them to 28 consecutive bowl appearances and national championships in 93 and 1999 for 14 straight seasons ending in 2000. The Seminoles won at least 10 games and finished ranked in the top five of the AP poll. Like when you think of Florida State, I mean, his his name is synonymous with Florida State and what you know, what the program was back in the day, like mm-hmm. in the 90s, Legendary. of course. Um, like when that comes to mind, like Florida State comes to mind, it's like Bobby Bowden, like who else? Or like no other person mm-hmm. that you can attribute that to when you think of Florida State. So rest in peace to him, prayers to him and his family. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of quotes going around from a lot of people, like you said, Dane, that, you know, were a part of, him at either as a coach or as a player under him. Mm-hmm. I know I saw Dion speak about him. Um, but man, he lived a long and, you know, prosperous, successful life, man. And uh, yeah, Dion said, God bless about family, friends and loved ones. My prayers are with you. I've lost one of the best coaches I've ever had. And, you know, he had a, uh, a lot of his technique was, or who he was, was a person of faith. And, you know, a lot of times in this day and age, we kind of, don't see that from not even just coaches, but people in leadership positions. Absolutely. Um, in general. So too. right. Like hourly, like not hiding it. So um hopefully we can continue or we can see more of that going forward. People not afraid to be who they are, um, whether it's Christianity or just being a good person in general, man. So rest in peace to coach Bobby Bowden, man. We uh Sad, sad one there for sure. But anything you want to say, my guy, before we get out of here? Mm, drink water. Get yourself some shades. And yeah, it's uh, getting hot. Drive, it's getting drive hot. safe, man. I here's the thing. I don't know what it. I don't know what it is. We're gonna see some some qualitative research in a few years about the conditions of uh, the pandemic and how that affected people's ability or lack thereof of driving. But man, drive safe, bro. Uh, You are literally in a few, some of y'all, a few thousand pound weapons. The literally what cars are, they're the thousand pound weapons and what you choose to do with them, whether it's for safety or for danger, that's up to you, but they have, 
lifelong consequences. So, man, drive safe wherever you decide to do or however you decide to do it. Just make sure you're driving safe and be considerate of those on the road with you because life is way too short, especially when you got bozos out here driving crazy and stuff. So that's all I got. That's all I got to say. I'm hopping off my soapbox. He hops off episode 57 of the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. I just want to say thank you again. Like I said, at the beginning of this episode, if you've been rocking with us since episode 0.5, episode one, episode two, um, we really appreciate it. I've been speaking to friends recently that, you know, really giving Dane and I a lot of compliments about what we've done so far. And honestly, we could just say thank you, man, just because when we decided to do this, it was just two guys getting in front of microphones and hitting the record button. Um, But to hear that, you know, there's been a change with us. We've gotten better with each progressive uh, episode. <laughs> say, yeah, y'all boys <laughs> suck, bro. I couldn't bear it. Episodes one through eight. Woo, man, yeah. that was rough. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to them, we, man. We, we appreciate it so much. And uh, we, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. If you don't mind, if you haven't already, give us that five star on Apple. Great review as well. Tell your friends, tell your family. On YouTube as well, like and subscribe to the podcast so we can get our, you know, our pod to more people to listen and watch us, man. But other than that, episode 57 of the duo, we out. Yeah.